The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the official and official podcast presented by Blue Wire Networks. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're joined with maybe the most requested guest in the history of this podcast. He is the host of Baseball is Dead and the Jerry Carabas podcast. Is that good? You tell me. It's my pleasure to welcome my new friend, my new prod. Actually, I'm his prodigy, Jared Carabas. How are we doing, brother? How's it going? I'm fired up to get you on, man. And listen, we've had humble brag. We've had tons of massive guests on this show. But some are going to argue that this is the most they've ever seen me fired up for a guest because you're just a common man. You're like me. You're like, let me give you a little scenario here. You're like Adley Rutschman, top prospect. Everyone knows who you are. And I'm like Alejandro Kirk, that low-key prospect that mashes and that's going to be a superstar soon. I'm pumping my own tires here. You're going to be a superstar sooner than later. And that's what we are, Carabas. And you're, you're a big-time fan favorite. I right, Listen. Listen, I mean, I, I, Thick Jesus is what we call him in Toronto. It's a nickname that I came up with two years ago, and Thick Jesus is him. So uh, let's go into it, man. Bias aside, let's put both mm-hmm. of our biases aside, because some may argue you and I are the most hated people by Yankees Twitter and TikTok. I've had a lot of people, death threats, roasting me, stuff like that, which is fine. Bias aside, would you rather lose in the wild card up 8-1 at your, at your home field or not make the playoffs, or... Would you rather get swept and dog walked by your daddy at Yankee Stadium with a three hundred million? Like I said, I'm not gonna name names. Three hundred million dollar pitcher giving up five runs in front of your fans. What's worse? What would you rather? Uh, I mean, I guess is 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 in this scenario. Is it a series for the wild card? Or it's is a it the series one, for one... the wild card. Okay. The first game. Like I said, I'm not gonna name names. Your all star pitcher kind of gets dog walked in the first inning. Second game, 8-1 lead, blown. I want to die. I stayed in the Rogers Center for 50 minutes after it. Where, Which one would you prefer? So, I mean, losing to the Mariners, I don't think anyone – I mean, losing that game was tough, but I think everyone kind of looked at that game and was like, that was an awesome game, and it was a great series, whereas I don't think that anyone – like. If you look at the ALCS, no one was saying, wow, what a, what a great game that was or what a great series that was. Like, at least at least the game that the Blue Jays blew to the Mariners, there was high entertainment value there. And you can say, like, tip your cap to them. Like, they, like we, we put up eight runs. 
We may have lost the game, but we still scored eight runs and it was a great series. Or you can point to the ALCS and be like, wow, like you just didn't even put up a fight. Like guys, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, there was no entertainment value. There was no silver linings. If you're a Yankee fan, like there's at least silver linings for Jays fans in that series. And yeah, no, you, you definitely pick being the blue Jays in this scenario. And listen, I'm new to this. Like, so I, I do a Jays podcast. So the on TikTok, it's getting like pretty big. So when the Jays lost, immediately everyone just they they plummeted to our comment section roasting me about the Jays losing. How do I deal with that? Like, because listen, I'm called Mud Boy with the Jays podcast because I respond to every hate comment roasting them <laughs> back. Um, they call You'll me get Mud tired Boy. of that eventually. Yeah, I'll get tired of that. But how how do I approach it now? Do I like just find one that I really really like and respond to? Like, how do you approach that type of stuff? So I obviously get a lot of hate comments. It's it's either from Yankee fans or from people that don't have a sense of humor, like low IQ people that can't pick <laughs> up on sarcasm or like tongue in cheek comments. And there are a lot of people out there. I, th I think Twitter, Twitter has opened my eyes to how many people are truly dumb in the world. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot. There are a lot of dumb people out there. If you can't tell that I'm joking 99% of the time, uh, and, and the fact that I probably tweet, I don't know, between 10, 50 times a day, and I'm doing this over and over and over and over again, and you still fall for it every single time, a lot of low intelligence people out there. <laughs> so you have to first come to terms with the, I guess, jarring realization that I'm not even saying that I'm a high intelligence person. I'm probably somewhere in the middle of intelligence. I'm at the bottom, but yeah. But like, I feel like you probably are able to determine when I'm serious and when I'm not. Yeah, no, there I are am. a lot of people that can't make that determination. So once you accept the fact that there are that many stupid people out there, then you don't take all the hate comments to heart because you're like, oh, he's he's just stupid. That's just a dumb person. Like you, you fell for it again. You couldn't detect the sarcasm or the tongue in cheek or the joke or anything like that. Uh, and then the other thing for me, I only pick out the comment. Like if I'm going to respond, it's going to be because I'm going to dunk on you. Like there's a lot of stuff like you, you just, you can't do anything with that. Or it's like, this person hasn't uh, pigeonholed themselves into a position where I can just make them look like an idiot. So over the course of a season, I will pick and choose. I won't do it every day. I won't do it every time. But there will be someone that says something so stupid that you can. I'm making content out of your stupidity now. I'm not going to directly respond to you, but I will quote tweet you and then use that to benefit me. Yeah, I respect it. And the one that really hits home for me was like uh, my Mona Lisa response was someone said to me, when is this podcast going to be finished? I did my research, looked at the guy's profile, and I said, whenever you lose weight. And I, like, just ratioed Ooh. the fuck out of him. That's my Ooh. Mona Lisa thing. But going into, the like, the sarcasm, and people still are responding to this. I made a video saying the Yankees purposely canceled the game on Monday against the Astro against the Guardians so the Nestor could play on Tuesday. And I had over, like, 3,000, 2,000 comments calling me a dumb four-eyed fuck that the Yankees can't cancel the game. It's just a little stuff like that. That really makes you realize like these people are unbelievably fucking stupid. Like, yeah, the Internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there are a lot of dumb people on the Internet. <clears throat> I would say a lot of them are Yankee fans. Um, you have to think, though, like this. This was a once proud franchise. Like they are now <laughs> learning how to be losers. They for the longest time did not know how to be losers. And they're just adjusting to their new life as losers. Like imagine. 
imagine having uh, being born into hundreds of millions of dollars and growing up as a child in a mansion and you have everything that you've ever wanted, everything you've ever needed. And then the next day you're just out on your ass and you actually have to work for a living and, and you're broke and your, your, your bank account is depleted that that's Yankee fans. Like yeah. they grew up thinking that they were special. Like I grew up with Derek Jeter winning championships every single year. And if we didn't win a championship, we at least get close to it. Well, now they just don't win anything. They, they're they going to be like, yeah, well, you know, at least we won the division. That George Steinbrenner, if you said that, if you, if you were an employee <laughs> of the New York Yankees and you said in, in his presence, well, at least we won the division, you wouldn't just be fired. You would be executed. But that's the that's the mindset that these fans have. The new way. And some may argue, man, like, honestly, you – be me being a Toronto sports fan, not really beliefs and stuff like that. I fucking resent the amount of success that you had. Like you guys not making the playoffs this year has really like rarely been talked about because you guys have just won world series, just out of your ass. And Alex mm -hmm. Cora is a fucking freak. And mm -hmm. you've had JD Martinez, Mookie Betts, all these guys on your team. I resent the amount of fucking success you've had. And maybe you could talk me out of like bec becoming more optimistic. I, I, after watching these playoffs, I will never have happiness in the Toronto blue Jays. That's what I'm starting to realize. And I, I, maybe you could talk me into, I just, I don't think I will ever have happiness ever again as a Blue Jay fan. Cause it, it just might never have eight, one lead. Like that's, that's what happens. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I still haven't made the decision of whether or not I feel like the playoffs are a crapshoot or not. Yeah. I feel like they can be to an extent. Like, I don't think it's like a black and white issue, uh, but I think if like if you're a Blue Jays fan, you have a team that's clearly good enough to get there. Like the Blue Jays were underwhelming in the regular season. Like that Terrible. that's a team that underachieved. You still got to the playoffs, but you still underachieved at the same time. Uh, so I think that the Blue Jays definitely have the pieces to win a World Series for sure. It's just a matter of, you know, we have a team that's probably going to get to the postseason, especially now that there's an extra wild card spot. And will our lottery ticket get called once we get there? I mean, you have like a, a somewhat decent shot to have your, I mean, look at the Phillies. Like if you're a Blue Jays fan, all you need to say to yourself right now is that could be us. It no one, get, us. no one even fucking remotely considered the Phillies as the NL representative in the world series this year. They were like, I don't think anyone picked them in the wild card. No one picked them in the division series. And now they're in the World Series. So I, I think it was more of a coin flip against the Padres and the NLCS. No one had them beating the Cardinals or the Braves. And they're there. That could be the Blue Jays, where it's like, all right, yeah, we'll get in. Maybe we won't be the favorite. Maybe no one will pick us. But there is a path where you can just get hot at the right time. And next thing you know, you're in the World Series. And if you get to the World Series... Here you go. You got a decent shot of winning the fucking thing. I'll never. I, I'm just. I'm never going to be happy. I mean, listen. And and the talk around here is like Boba Sheck has to get moved to second base, which I agree on. Maybe we can get your perspective on it from the outside. Like Boba Sheck mashes. That's obvious. Like that's obvious. He mashes. I believe he hit like 400 in September. But he has to be one of the worst defensive shortstops I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the amount of errors this fucking guy makes. Being an outsider in it, are you like? Do you agree with the move to move Boba Sheck to second base? Or are you just like, leave him at shore and let him learn through it? Well, let me ask you this question. If Bobachet did Bobachet's defense cost you a trip to the World Series? You can argue, listen, I haven't watched the replay of the game because I was there live. I still get like nightmares about it. But that fucking him running out to center field 
and just absolutely just rearranging George Springer's leg or whatever the fuck happened. That was there. a tough play. That was a tough play. That's going to just be imprinted in my mind forever. So I'll just always say he, he shouldn't be a shortstop. But he made so many errors. I think he made 25 errors this year at short. Like, that's just that's, that's not a, like that just can't happen. Like, that just can't happen at shortstop. He made 23 errors. I mean, that's just not good. How many of those were throws? Do we know? A lot yeah, of them were throws. A lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of them were throws. I can't even figure out how to like find that. But yeah, it's all right, though. I'll be honest with you. Xander Bogart's going to be a Blue Jay, right? Is that? <laughs> I mean, he's he's that, that's the example that I was going to use not to not to bring it back to the Red Sox. But Xander Bogart's for the longest time got killed for his defense. They were like, yeah, this is this guy is not a real shortstop. He's a below average defender. Da 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 da. And here he is 30 years old and he just had his best defensive season ever as a shortstop. So I'm not saying if you give Bo Bichette more time at shortstop, that it's a guarantee that he'll, he'll improve defensively. You have to want it. And I think Xander eventually just got tired of everyone, of everyone being like, this guy can't play the position and he's not a good shortstop. And he was like, all right, fuck Like, uh, watch me. And then he figured it out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it, like the, if the blue Jays go out and sign Trey Turner, then, Holy fuck! That would get then me you hard. move Bo Bichette over to second base, uh, and and I think it's something where he would have to feel like this isn't a demotion. This is us going for it. Like we just signed Trey Turner to play shortstop. Obviously, that means you're going a second versus bringing in some slapdick that can't hit, but he's 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 good enough defensively. Then it's like, yeah, we we brought in a guy just because you can't play defense. That there's a different way to look at it. If you bring in a guy like Trey Turner, then it's like, yeah, like we, we brought in a guy who is going to help us overall, not just because we need to improve defense at shortstop. And I'm in a dilemma here because a lot of people are starting the rumor that the Jays are going to go all in for Shohei Otani, which I don't know whether to believe it or not. But I'm in a dilemma because I hate Ben Verlander, so <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do here. Like, do is Shohei Otani worth the risk of me hating Ben Verlander? I don't know. But I did see you actually had a little bit of a Twitter spout with him a couple weeks ago when he roasted childhood friend of mine, not childhood friend of mine, childhood teammate of mine, Josh Naylor, uh -huh. about doing the rock and the baby thing, even though 15 minutes ago he was talking about how sick it was. We're, like, wh Was that like a jab at him or like wh what was that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't we haven't spoken since the All-Star game in Denver last year. Like, so I, I, I don't think. Like we have like a good relationship, I guess. Like before he kind of like blew up in during the pandemic, I did the rock, paper, scissors video series. Yeah. And I I did one with him. Um, so like we've had each other's number for a few years. We followed each other on Twitter for a while. Uh, and then as he's kind of gotten bigger and bigger in the space, the less we've communicated. And I don't know. Like, I don't know what to attribute that to. He's a competitor, though. He's a competitor of yours. That's just where it's uh, at. Like, you are... So you're the common man, like I said. You're yeah. like one of us. That's what all yeah. the people view you as one of us. That's yeah. a guy who got brought up through... I'm not going to say nepotism because he's worked his ass off, but that's a guy that's like taking a different path than you were fucking blogging, grinding your ass off for the Boston Red Sox, blue-collared guy, yeah. and you got paid. And he's a guy that's kind of not road coattails, but that's where it's at with that. But... Going about Twitter, I got to talk about this. So I DM'd you literally a year ago, like a yep. year and a bit ago, and you responded to it luckily like a week and a half ago. I thought someone was fucking trolling me because I get trolled a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. How did that come about? Like, how did you see that DM? Because it was a year and a half ago. You probably have a trillion DMs in your fucking mentions. 
Yeah, so I I saw the video of um the the Frank the Tank uh, in the Braves clubhouse video, <laughs> and I thought it was fucking hilarious. And I clicked on your page, and then uh, I saw you were going back and forth with Clem, and I was like, is this guy an anti Barstool guy or a pro Barstool guy? I can't tell. So then I searched, then I clicked on our DMs to see if we had ever talked before. And then there was a DM from like a year ago, like asking to do the podcast. And then I was like, all right, it'd be funny if like a year later, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, like, that's when you know you're big time. It's just like a year later, I was fucking. And first of all, I'm not anti bar. So I was just pissed off that they used my video. Like, obviously, I'm not a big pod, like growing podcast. Yeah. And they used a barstool tweet in the article and they didn't even quote me or even said official official podcast. So I was just originally mad at that. Yeah, but Clem was like, you could just ask for it. I'm like, what do you mean ask for it? Like, it's just something you simply do. You just embed that. I don't, I don't know how to write blogs, but you just put the tweet in. The... You literally just paste the tweet. Yeah, yeah. Like that's why they I did was... that to us this year too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Dallas, uh, when when the fans were having sex in the stands in at Oakland. Rod- oh, Oakland. Yeah, the, it was happening in Oakland first. Oh, okay. Then it happened at Rogers Center. <laughs> Dallas took a video of it, and then we tweeted it from the Baseball Is Dead account, and then. The dude that does social for starting nine ripped the video, posted it on his burner, and then shared it to starting nine. That's fucked up. Yeah. I, it's like they, cause they didn't want to tweet it from starting nine and then have baseball is dead on the bottom. Like they, they weren't going to tag us. They, not only were they not going to tag us, but they didn't even want to like post our video and like have the name at the bottom. Did part of you want to create, like, cause obviously they said you couldn't take the name starting nine, which I don't know if I, I didn't want with. it. You didn't want. Oh, you didn't want it. No, I hated that name. They gave it to us. Yeah, I, oh, really? I, I hate it. Yeah. So why is there a narrative out there that you wanted the name? I wanted Section Ten. Oh, Section Ten. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Section yeah. Ten. Yeah, I wanted Section Ten. I I hated because we started Section Ten in 2015, and then Starting Nine came about in 2017, and I hated how people would always get them mixed up and be like, "Yeah, big fan of uh, Section Nine. And it's like, it's like <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? So, and just like the name was so generic and there was nothing to it. And like Dallas and I didn't come up with it. Um, yeah. So I, I was like, I, I don't care about that name at all. Yeah, I can respect that. I mean, starting nine is just like a generic. It sounds like no, no disrespect. Again, it sounds like a name that Ben Verlander would come up with, like starting nine. Like I, so that's what they were doing back then was like in 2017 when they were launching podcasts for every single sport. Like, that's why, like, foreplay, like, they they kind of just were like, we don't want Barstool specific or, like, we don't want, uh, I guess, like, inside jokes as the name of the podcast. Like, we want it to be so that if someone searches for a baseball podcast, they see a baseball name, like, starting nine. Yeah. So that's that's what, what why they came up with that. Section 10 is electric, but I will say I do have a gripe to pick with that name because everyone in our comment section for the Jays podcast, Gate 14, says we stole it from you guys, which I don't think that even makes sense that, no sense. there's a section 10 in every ballpark it's just i it's called that because that's where i've had my season tickets Stay, like I that's where i used nine. to enter the roger center as a kid was through gate 14 so that's why i named it that so it's just like all the comments are like you rip off like walmart section 10 podcast like no, no, i don't, don't fucking care. understand that which is crazy but i want to talk about pat light because obviously that <laughs> okay. dude might that dude might be one of the most electric dudes of all time like you can't craft that type of guy in a fucking factory with the amount of stories he comes up with. Mm-hmm. My co-host Avery wanted to talk about Pat's picks and why you guys don't go more into that because it's just absolutely electric content. Because he doesn't show up half the time. He he'll 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 do like six straight podcasts and then he'll miss the next two months and then he'll come back for <laughs> one because people are like, where the fuck are you? 
uh, and then he'll do two weeks in a row and then he'll go missing for five. Like that's just Pat, but he doesn't like, <clears throat> he's not under contract. So he kind of like, he owns whatever it is, like three bars and he's a, he's a business person. So he's got, uh, he's got an actual career outside of obviously doing media or podcasts or he, you know, posts like 20 TikToks a day or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he, he just does it when, when he can do it. And then sometimes when he comes back, there are bigger topics at hand. So like Pat's picks was more of a, you know, we have five ad reads on this episode and there's only one topic to discuss. So like, we've got to throw some shit in here to, to mix it up. So it's not just a podcast full of ad reads. Yeah. I can respect that dude. It's just like, and Pat, by the way, is also the king of just randomly like pictures. I on our, on the Instagram for fish and official podcast. I would post a picture and like three weeks later, it would just be liked by Pat Light and we don't even follow each other. Like, yeah, I just think that he's dialed he's in on the social media. He's all yeah. in. Yeah, he loves he loves social media. Uh, that was that was originally how we first started communicating when he was a player was when he got traded. I wrote a blog being like, thank God we don't have this dickhead anymore that <laughs> like posts a picture on Instagram and has like 20,000 hashtags in the comments. Um, so then like in his thank you to Boston after getting traded, he was like, thanks guys. You know, also personal shout out to like Barstool sports because of, uh, you know, I'll try and keep the hashtags to a minimum next time. That's all time. That's all <laughs> yeah. time. That's yeah. all time. Being like the, being like a part of the joke is like all time where you need to be. But I got to ask you this. So obviously you signed for a bag and you're obviously you're living lavish. What's like the most expensive thing you've bought? Like, are you ripping around in a nice vehicle now? Like, what are you doing? So when I originally moved home, um, I bought a, I bought a charger. Like I moved home like right when like the pandemic started. So like summer of 2020, I came back and when I lived in New York, I didn't have a car. So I came back and I bought a 2020 charger. So I still have that. And then I guess like in terms of like reckless spending, it would be my apartment that's across the street from Fenway. It's like $10,000 a month. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That is fucking mad, man. Yeah. Holy shit. That's yeah. all time, dude. But yeah. So do you do you like go to every Red Sox game now no. or you just try to minimize it? So that that's the thing too is is I thought that I would be there more often, but I pretty much go to Fenway the same frequency that I did when I lived like 10 miles outside of Boston because like during the during the week it's it's like we might have a podcast to record at night or like I'm just I would rather watch all the games. Like I have the nine TV, like TV wall. So I, I think um, when I go to Fenway, it's because it's for a reason. Like I'll go there on Friday, Friday is schmooze day. Saturday is try and get an interview day. Um, so like, there's a reason why I go. And like, I think for like my, like, I'm always just like thinking like, you know, for, for content and like my job, like keep climbing the ladder every single day is it is it more beneficial to be at Fenway or is it more beneficial to have nine TVs with nine games going at the same time? And the answer is the nine TVs with the nine games. I don't know how you do that stuff. Like you post every single highlight, like every mm -hmm. home run from your fucking main account. Like, does someone help you with that? Cause I tried that for a little bit. And I was like, dude, fuck this. Like, I, I just, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's definitely a blueprint that I use to make sure that, um, like you cannot unless you're the person who's clipping the highlight itself, which I'm not doing that unless you're the person clipping the highlight. You can't post the highlight faster than me. You, just you're, I, uh, you have that fucking bell. And listen, I tried it. So I do this sometimes with Jay's highlights. Do you write the tweet out before the video yep. is out on Twitter? Mm -hmm. You're dialed yep. in. So you and I are like we're one in the same. 
You're dialed yeah. in on that. But <clears throat> so it is happen, crazy. It's like the like I'll be watching the game on TV. The moment will happen. I'll write the caption, wait for the video, see the video, tweet the video, put the caption so it's all ready to go. That's just I mean, that's why you're I mean, that's why you're just the top of the fucking food chain and there's guys <laughs> grinding to get you. But it is I mean, the thing that I also want to talk about next is obviously we can go into the World Series because I think is it crazy to say I think the Phillies are just going to, like, dog walk this series? Like, just the momentum-wise, the Astros haven't lost a fucking game. They haven't really had any hardships in the postseason, I guess, since that Mar- maybe that Mariners series a little bit. But the Phillies ha- give me the Braves vibes from last year, man. Like, just that team that no one really expected to go there, and they're just continuing to just steamroll the teams that everyone ruled them out against. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying that the Phillies have the best chance if they split those first two. If they can split the first two in Houston, then you go to Philly for three. Uh, I was there in Philly for all three games, the NLCS. It is a hostile environment. Like they are loud. They're into every single pitch. They're on their feet for the entire game. Um, It's just not a place that you want to play. And, but on the counter to that, this Astros team is used to getting booed everywhere that they go. True. So I don't know that it, it would rattle them as much as it would rattle other teams that just aren't used to that. Like the Padres, they're not used to just getting uh, relentlessly booed when they when they take the field or whatever, when they come up to the batter's box. The Astros are used to that. So that, I, I don't know how much of a weapon that's going to be for Philly. Um, but I mean, if we're just talking talent here, like Houston obviously checks every single box, but I'm not saying that the Phillies don't have a chance. I just think that if the Phillies are going to win this series, it's going to take six or seven games. It's not going to be another Phillies in five. Yeah, I don't know. I was at Citizens Bank for uh, Bryson Stott's debut on opening day. Um, That stadium and those fans are absolutely fucked. Like, I saw someone get arrested in the first inning. What was your – because obviously, like I said, you're, you're recognizable as people see you around the ballpark. What was the reception like for you there? Not to pump your own tires here. Like, were you getting pictures a lot, noticed a lot? Like, because those fans are blue collared motherfuckers. So, yeah, I, I I definitely got noticed way more in Seattle. Um, but I would say it was like eighty eight percent positive. Like, there were definitely some Phillies fans that, uh, like, Philly Philly's a barstool city. Like, it's New York, yeah. Chicago, Boston, Philly. Um, so there are obviously diehard barstool fans that are going to not like me because I left. Uh, I don't need to like stop and explain to them why I left. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't care if, if they know or, or, or like agree with my reasoning. Um, but yeah, like I was walking in for game five and then, and like someone spotted me out. Like I was like, everyone was walking in from the tailgate and someone spotted me and then like they started like booing me and i just like looked back and i was like why the fuck you booing me like i've been at i've been at like three straight games here like i'm not wearing padre shit Uh, i've been pumping your guys tires on twitter like yeah whatever so i just kind of like looked back at them like gave them like this like what the fuck's your problem face and then they kept trying to like call out to me and i just like kept walking so like i didn't really give them the time of day but that was really the only negative experience that I had in Philly. Everything else was like people coming up being like, you know, love baseball is dead. And like been following since starting nine. And yeah, I would say it was mostly positive. But I mean, that was probably the only time I've had like a negative experience at a visiting ballpark besides Yankee Stadium. 
And even oh. like at Yankee Stadium, like they they approach me like a unicorn. Like they don't even they don't even really like say shit to me. They'll just like they'll like look at me and be like, oh my, is that him? Is that him? And like they'll try and like they'll take their phones out and like try and like video me or like take pictures of me or whatever. And then I'll just look at them and be like, bro, just like ask. Like if you want to like <laughs> if you want to do like a video where like we talk shit to each other, it'll be funny. Like I'll, I'm down to do that. Just like don't be weird about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was really the only like I guess negative experience. But I, I just chalked it up to like there. I I saw zero Padres fans, so I think really they, yeah they I think that they just had this energy of like we need to attack everyone that's not one of us, and I just happened to be the the easy target there. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Are you going to go to the World Series? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to go to Houston. I think, you know, I, I especially in Philly, um, I, I I feel bad like taking up a seat. Like, so, so... And the tickets are fourteen hundred dollars. I already looked. So I wanted to go see Bryson again, and like obviously I'm not going to ask him whatever because he has to do all that stuff for his family. But like fourteen hundred dollars for tickets is fucked. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, but yeah, like I, I, that's why when I went to Seattle, it was the first home playoff game in twenty one years, and we got the hookup for tickets. So I felt bad taking up a seat at that game knowing like i'm not a mariners fan like a mariners fan deserves to be here <clears throat> so i bought two tickets and gave them away to like a mariners fan on twitter i was like if i'm gonna be here taking up a seat like i at least want to bring someone who like can't afford to be here or like can't like make ends meet or whatever so i i don't, I don't know i feel guilty about going to like big games and visiting but the houston parks. one it doesn't you're not taking a seat from someone they've been to the world series every fucking year like yeah, if you, you want to go you go you've been yeah. if you want to go like that one I understand, but like the Philly, the Philly one, sorry, I understand, but the Houston one, it's like they like fucking if you're six years old there, you've all you've known is World Series every right. single year. You've been a fan there. Yeah, I wouldn't feel as guilty about going to Houston for sure. Yeah. And, and you're close with Bregman, too, I believe. Right. Yeah. What is Bregman like? Because obviously we have a funny story, I think, on this podcast of Bregman. Jake Fraley told a story of Bregman just throw or not, did Scherzer go to LSU? No, uh, right? No, Bregman did. Okay, yeah. So Bregman threw a massive party at LSU with SWAT team helicopters circling the baseball house <laughs> that Jake Fraley told. What is he like off the field? Because I think he's one of the most under misunderstood dudes in baseball. Everyone hates him. Trash can bullshit. All those loser fans that still say that stuff. What is he like off the field? So I, I agree that he's very misunderstood. And I've said that about him ever since getting to know him back in 
<clears throat> whatever it was, like right after 18. Um, like th- that's how like I've, I don't want to say like a ton of relationships that I've developed, but multiple relationships with players have developed from me just like shitting on them on Twitter. And then eventually we actually meet in real life. And then it's like, all right, yeah, like we're, we're friends now. Uh, so like I was shitting on him up until the end of 18. And it was that off season that we kind of like linked up. And then we did the interview with him uh, in spring training of 19, which was cool because we originally went to Astros camp to interview Carlos Correa. And then he blew us off at the last. Really? Second. Yeah. Like we, we drove all the way there and then he like hit us up while we were basically like just about to get there. And he was like, actually, now nah, I'm good. So he's, a then, pe- so he's dead to you, right? I hate him. Yeah. 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 No, so he's like, you're Josh Donaldson for me. So like, that's where we're at. So that's all another right. guy that's misunderstood. No. Yes. No. Yes. Listen, I, you know I'm a Toronto guy. You know I love Toronto. He's my fucking hero. When you tell me you're going to come on a podcast and you don't do it, after I made an electric video dumping water on myself in like minus 30 degrees to tell you to come on the podcast and have mutual friends with you telling you to come on the podcast and you don't do it, you're dead to me. And listen, ever since he big leagued the podcast, he is absolutely fumbling the bag in New York. Yankee fan Tatum, he could have had me on his side. And Josh Donaldson now is dead to me. So I just want to establish that right off the bat because he's that de- he's, he's just, he's dead to me. I I'll talk him. to him. I talked to him yesterday. That's all right. Listen, man, I, I could have been on his side. I have, I, if you come on this podcast, like Amir, all these guys, when, when people come at you, I will AG's stand up a real one. Amir is, yeah, I've known Amir for like four or five years. He actually is the guy that helped start this podcast. He, I was playing Fortnite with Amir and like, because we have mutual friends like Bryce and all those guys. And he's like, dude, start a podcast. I'll help you get all your guests. I'll do all that stuff. And it just kind of snowballed in that. So Amir's like one of the, I think he's one of the best in the game, to be honest, like people yeah. wise. Yeah, like he we'll is. Go to war with you wise. So he's all yeah. time. But you were, what were you saying about Bregman though? So you said he reached out to you? No. So uh, like we, we were basically, I don't know, half hour away. It was a four hour drive <laughs> to get there. And we were about a half hour away from Astros camp when he hit us up and he was like, nah, I'm good. And we were like, well, what the fuck? So we ended up going to Astros camp anyway. We had passes to go in the clubhouse. So like me and Dallas went in there and um, like we saw like Bregman. That was the first time I met him. And we were just like, he's like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, well, nothing now. Uh, like, Do you like, do you want to do something? He's like, yeah. So he came out to the RV and gave us like an hour plus interview. And then that's like the clip of like me, like him hitting the home run off me and wiffle ball. Yeah. Like he, he did the hour plus interview and then did a whole like half hour YouTube video of us playing wiffle ball after that. And then after that, he went and like signed autographs for everyone that kind of like gathered to watch it. That's, I mean, that's all time. Can you just promise me you never get on the good side of Garrett Cole? Cause I like, no, no, never. No, does never. he know? Because obviously your tweets blow up when you call it. Like, by the way, that locker room video of him going like, um, <laughs> you that's know, the worst video in the history of the internet. Like, I, yeah. I watched it and I just genuinely, like, legitimately laugh. Do you think he knows the hate that you have for him? Like, do you think he's at least has like a, a pulse on it? Maybe. Uh, definitely, he definitely knows about it. Um, where is it? I have it here. Um... <laughs> I, I fucking hate him. I hate him so goddamn much ever since the when he tried to fight Alec Manoa and he tried like didn't even make it past the Audi sign <laughs> in front oh, of the yeah. dugout. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an absolute dick. Uh, yeah, I have like my whole like soundboard. I guess I don't have that one. I have like the for Pete's sake one. I just, you know, I mean, 
for Pete's sake. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so he he definitely knows. Um, I've and the thing is, like Yankee fans will be like, "You won't say that to his face." But you blah, would. Blah. I'm like, of course I would. I, anytime <laughs> that there's been an opportunity to say it to the player's face, I've done it. I think, um, like Stanton, I saw him at a celebrity softball game. It was like Yelich's celebrity softball game. And I told him like all the shit that I talk on, like his Instagram. And he, and then he followed me back and then he followed me on Instagram and he was like, all right, yeah, like step it up. Like I, I need like better trips than that. And I was like, all right. Um, there, and there's video of that, but I don't think Cole's that self-aware though. Like he no. would probably block you if, if he like saw the shit. No, I, cause I think that, that he knows that that's an acknowledgement that it bothers him. And I don't think that he wants me to know that it actually bothers him, but I've been on the field. So I was in the dugout at the all-star game last year in Denver. And we were like four feet away from each other. And he like never looked at me. <laughs> and then uh, this past summer I was on the field for Yankees were taking BP. I was talking to uh, David Cohn and Cole was like three feet away. And like Yankee fans at Fenway were literally tweeting at me being like, you're a fucking pussy. Like he's standing right there and you won't say that shit to his face. I was like, bro, I'm a, a, a credentialed member of the media. Can, I can't yeah. just go up and harass this guy. <laughs> but if he came up to me and was like, hey, man, like, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, what's your beef with me? Then I would list out all the reasons why I don't like him. Like, I wouldn't be like, man, it's just a joke, bro. Like, it's all just Twitter jokes. Like, no, I'll be like, I don't like you because of reasons X, Y, and Z. We can have a discussion if you want, uh, but I, I, I don't like you. And I don't know where that conversation would go from there, but yeah, under under no circumstance. Same thing with uh, Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz was in Boston for a few years, and I used to tweet horrific shit about him. And then I met him for the first time in Milwaukee after he went to the Brewers, and uh, you know we talked it out like off the record. And then he came on the podcast, and I read him all my horrific tweets. So no one can ever say like, you won't say it to their face, blah, 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 blah. Like, of course I will. But, uh, I don't think, I, I don't know how that would go with Cole. Like the thing, I, about I don't think Cole, it'd go well. I think you'd no. be pissed. And Bregman too. Like I used to, I, I mean, I would talk so much shit about Bregman on Twitter and, and then, and then he came on our radio show one time and I was talking all that shit to him. Uh, but with like guys like that, like, Clay Buckholtz, for example, I talked a ton of shit about Buckholtz and I would have guys reach out and be like, actually, man, like he's really cool. Like, you you know, if you met him, like you really like him. Same thing with, you know, Bregman, people being like, dude, you actually you would really like Bregman if if you knew him um, with Cole, the opposite. Like no one has come out and been like, you know what? If you, if you met if you met him, you'd really like him. Like it's always been like, yeah, dude, like he's kind of a bitch. Like he's. It is that, see, it that's is. the thing, though, and I know people probably tell you this on the side as well, because I've had some guys that played with Carlos Correa, and every single guy that I know that I've been teammates with them said he's just the biggest piece of shit. Like, yeah. he's just a terrible human being. So, like, you kind of saved yourself, because I guarantee you that interview would have been absolutely boring as fuck. Like, he would have been yeah. terrible. Yeah, he he probably would have been all buttoned up or whatever. Um, So, yeah, like, whenever, like, the last couple of years, 
like I would tweet out his home run clips and like the caption would always be, I fucking hate Carlos Correa and everybody like, <laughs> get over 2017. Like get over it, dude. I'm like, I, I, I'm one of the first people with like a big platform in baseball to say, I don't care about the scandal anymore. Like I was one of the first people to be like, get over it, move on. I don't care anymore. I hate Carlos Correa because he's an asshole. I don't hate him because he cheated. It's yeah. different. I respect that. For the people, the people that have been listening to this podcast for a while, they'll know there's always like a weird cut at the 40 minute mark. I get roasted <laughs> a lot for it. It's because I don't have Zoom premium. So this is my offer to DraftKings. You pay for the Zoom premium. I'll just be a full time <laughs> DraftKings podcast. I'll just be, I'll be the little brother of the fucking baseball's dead. We'll be that little cute little brother with the guy with four eyes, five foot six running the show. That's what we'll do. So DraftKings, the ball's in your court. You pay for the Zoom premium. We'll You're five foot about, six? No, I'm five. I'm like five. I, listen. There's a picture on the internet of me beside Joe Musgrove and obviously not a, a later one beside Amir Garrett that I look like I'm five. You guys seven. are really tall. Yeah. So I that's everyone calls me short too. They're like, you're, a, I get tweets all the time. You're a midget. You're a midget. I'm like, if you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't be like, look at that short guy. You'd be like, that's an average size dude. That's what people it's, should start saying about me. Like, listen, average I'm, size guys. I'm like, it's because, it's because if you take pictures next to like, which is like the only time, cause I don't, I don't, go out with my friends and then post pictures. Like all my friends are shorter than me, but when your life is taking pictures next to professional athletes, by comparison, you're going to look short. The Amir Garrett one's tough because obviously, like I said, he came to Toronto. We went like we grabbed breakfast, stuff like that. And I took a picture with him at the game. And instead of like, you know how my, I was too short to put my arm over his shoulder. So it's over his belt buckle <laughs> and people are like sick hand placement. <laughs> it looked like I was like a, a couple with him grabbing it. Yeah. I was just cause I was small, but it is wild. Like you don't realize how pathetically short the average human is compared to professional athletes. Like yeah. these dudes are Musgrove is just the tallest dude I've ever met in my life. He is fucked. Musgrove. Is I didn't even know that he knew who I was, but at the all-star game in LA, last this past summer um i was at the hotel where like everything was going down and i went up the escalator and we walked by like obviously obviously i, I know who joe musgrove is we walked past each other he's like what's up jared and i was like he's very self-aware like he, he he's all time like he's very self-aware me and him uh and like this is not like i said it's gonna be full humble bread we won't went out for drinks me him martinez uh mckenzie gore sean Manaya, all these guys and Manai he's just awesome. like one of the most common dudes of all time. I think, honestly, like he was ripping cigs inside with me. It was just all time. Like Musgrove was oh, the greatest man. all time. Is there any athletes that you like have got the chance to like go out with or have dinner with after that? You're just like, this is one of the coolest dudes of all time. Like this is just a common guy that's nasty at baseball. I feel like a lot of them are like that. Christian Yelich is like that. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I love Christian Yelich, dude. Yeah. I fucking love that dude. Yelly is like one of the most laid back just regular ass dudes who happens to be really good at baseball um a lot of them like lucas giolito is another dude he's just very like laid back like regular guy uh kevin polecki is the fucking man <laughs> like the best uh I'm trying to think of like big name guys um You'd be surprised. Like David Ortiz is pretty. Like, he's he, awesome. He, yeah, like David Ortiz is a guy that obviously when he walks into a room, there's a lot of star power there, and people are like, "Holy fuck, it's David Ortiz!" And then after a while, you just realize he's just a regular dude. Like he like remembers people's names, and he's super friendly. Like he makes everyone feel nice and welcome, and all that. 
I don't know that I've encountered many players that give off the like I'm better than you vibe. Yeah. I uh, like I said, JD is dead. Like JD's I, I maybe he'll change my mind if he comes on this podcast. But yeah, he's like Blue Jays Twitter knows he's dead to me. He's absolutely dead to me. But I wanted to talk about so we like I said, you know we had Frank Tank on Frank Tank on the podcast a long time ago, and that's how we kind of mm-hmm. connected via that clip. What was it like being co-workers with Tank? Because obviously I, we had him on the podcast for like an hour last year and he just rants and rants and rants and rants. What's it like being co-workers with him? Like, do people like, the, is it, is it hard to like tune him out when he's like going on these long rants when he's kind of like just sitting at his desk or how, like, how does that work? So, I mean, he's a Mets fan. So I found him to be entertaining because when he, if I were another Mets fan, he would probably drive me nuts, <laughs> but what he was saying like had nothing to do with my world. So I could just sit there and observe Frank <laughs> and listen to what he had to say. And I think it's funny, like him having meltdowns over the Mets is funny to me. But if I were a Mets fan, I'd be like the same as Kevin shut the fuck up, Frank. <laughs> like, I, I would want some sort of positivity and he's negative all the time. But yeah, I mean, I, I also wasn't really, like when I was in the office, I would come in at like noon, I would wake up in the morning, write a blog or something, shower, get ready, then come in, have lunch, do radio. And then I would, I would sit on the other side of the office. Like I, I usually would sit with like the producers. Like that's just, I don't know. Like I um, would be more interested in like, like learning more about that side of the job. I'm terrible and, with technology. Like I, yeah. I have no fucking idea how like, Luckily, one of my co-hosts on another podcast does it for me because I have no fucking idea. But I want to talk about a Red Sox reliever that you've been tweeting a shit ton about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to go into this because I got to witness a couple meltdowns he had when I bet on the Red Sox. Caleb mm-hmm. Ward. Where do, oh, God. Do you, like, First of all, the name just screams like I'm mediocre at best at the game of baseball. Because yeah. well, every guy in the Blue Jays bullpen is pretty much Caleb Ward for me. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Tim Meza is pretty ass. Like, all these guys are terrible. What... What it, what makes Caleb Ward different though from an outsider? Like describe him to me what makes him like because obviously that's a ton of the guy you tweet about. What makes him different? What makes him so that pisses you off so much? Because he throws a hundred and one and he sucks. <laughs> like, how do you throw a hundred and one and suck? It makes no sense. I mean, I guess Pat Light, same thing, threw a hundred and he sucks, but <laughs> Ricochet like least... all time ricochet at Pat Light, by the way. Yeah, but like at least Pat had somewhat of an explanation for it he was like yes i i threw a hundred but my best pitch was my splitter and the red sox like didn't want me to throw it as much like that was my out pitch like that was how i would get swings and misses and like they would just be like all right you throw 100 then throw 100 and it's like you know like big league hitters are going to tee that up but caleb Ort, you throw 101 miles an hour and you just get absolutely massacred every single time you take the mound it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, you know, I feel like that's one of those guys that if he goes to Houston, for example, or Tampa Bay, <laughs> now he's the reliever of the year. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's more it's more so frustrating with the Red Sox organization that they're not able to, like, take these arms that clearly have some firepower in there and turn them into something like Springs. Like he was he was with the Red Sox in 2020 he was ass Then he goes to Tampa and he's got like a sub three. It pisses me off. And another stat that pisses me off is about the Astros. I don't know if you saw this. 96% of the pitchers that pitched for the Houston Astros this year had a sub-4 ERA. I don't know if you know that stat. That 
it it just mind boggles my mind that the Toronto Blue Jays had Yusei Kikuchi with a 5-7 and Burrios with a 5-9, and the Astros had 90% of their pitchers, minor leaguers, bums, whatever, have a sub-4 ERA. Like, did you know about that stat? I did not hear that stat, but, I mean, if you were to ask me, like, hey, how many Astros pitchers had a sub-4 ERA on the team, I would have been, like, 85%. They're fucked. I They're just... I, 96 is crazy, but yeah, I would, I would probably would have went to 85%. They're fucking unbelievable. So a couple more things I want to talk about. So obviously going into the World Series, like we obviously kind of recapped it. What do you think is going to be like the X factor for the Phillies that the Astros haven't been able to see um, in the playoffs so far? Because their bullpen, by the way, Brad Hand is fucking should be locked up. What that dude did in Toronto last year and what he does for the Phillies in the playoffs, he should be fucking locked up. His mom hates me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah really uh what he blew like when the yankees played the then indians in 2020 he like gave up a bomb to someone and i just tweeted i fucking hate brad hand (laughs) and then that was obviously in october i think he liked the tweet in like january or something oh he was like searching he was just like it was the off season he was just like in his feels and like searching his name or something so he liked the tweet and then his mom like went off on me. It was like, how would you feel like if, you know, how would your mom feel if she had to read stuff about you like that? I was like, she does. Yeah. Every, every day. day, way every more often. Day. Worse. Yeah, like whatever you think that you're exposed to times by fucking 50. And that's what my mom <laughs> has to see. Like, all I said was, I hate him. Like, my mom has to read about how people want to shoot me in the face and castrate me and shit. Yeah, I, I, I can I can get behind. I understand that for sure. But I, I, I'm going to say, obviously, I think it's just like the Astros haven't faced a team that has been, like, hot going into a series. The Yankees were cold. Um, Like, the, the Mariners were, I guess you could say, hot. But the Astros, your dawn is just a freak. I think it's just the momentum going into the series for the Phillies is something they've never seen before. I um I don't know what to expect because on paper the Astros should still win this series pretty easily. Uh but I look back to the 2007 World Series. That was when the Rockies won what was it 21 out of 23. Yeah. I think they swept the pl- they went undefeated into the World Series and then the Red Sox just fucked them right in the ass. <laughs> swept yeah. them swept yeah. them in four games like it just did not matter that yeah. they were that hot. It's like we are the better team, and we're gonna Must go out there nice, and man. prove that. Yeah, it's crazy man. that like the 2007 team was so dominant, and it was wildly impressive what they did. Like they were down three-one to the Indians in the ALCS, came back and won that series, and then they went up against the team of destiny and just snuffed them out, just absolutely murdered them. I'll never and everyone's like, that. "Yeah, that's my least favorite World Series." It's like 04, 13, 18, and then there's 07. Dude, like, I, that team is crazy. I got to come to Fenway, man. I've never been to Fenway. Um, Good time. Dude, I like, like, I actually, I had, I had a take um, that Rogers Center is just not a baseball stadium. Like, it's just, it's sick with the CN Tower, obviously, behind it. But mm-hmm. when you go to other stadiums like Progressive, PNC, Comerica, those are baseball fields. Those mm-hmm. are fucking like the Rogers Center is just like a slab of fucking concrete in the center of Toronto. You don't have those like, baseball field vibes when you enter there i know you've been so like can you i haven't been there oh you never been never been 
Okay, you're gonna come down next year. I go with the gate 14 boys. We're gonna we're gonna do it right. We're gonna go. Okay. We'll go to maybe Queen Street Warehouse before I have a couple drinks. We'll figure something out. We'll get. There's that been going, multiple but. times that I've had plans to go there and it just didn't work out. Now, I saw you're supposed to go there this year for the Red Sox. I was Sox supposed series. to go there in September because it was like there there was such a wide gap in between um, when like the Red Sox were going back up to Toronto, and then in 2019 I was supposed to go there. Uh, the Red Sox went to London to play the Yankees, Yankees for two. And then from there, they were going to Toronto and we were supposed to go to London and then go with them to Toronto. And then the whole trip got canceled because like a flight to London was like 20 grand. That's fucking fuck that. Yeah. Dude. Like the whole like trip just to get boots on the ground was like 20 grand. So we like canceled that. Um, and then by the time, like we were talking about going to uh, Toronto in September, like there was still hope that the Red Sox could do something. And by the time that yeah. came around, I was like, nah, you got to come down working. here, bro. You got, I mean, it's it, 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 like the vibes are like different. I mean, even if you've never been to there, you, you understand it for sure. But what makes Fenway different though? Like, cause obviously I've been to the old Yankee stadium and all that type of stuff. And I know maybe you could debunk this, but are the seats in Fenway facing center field? Is that like true? Like um, outfield seats are facing center field. The if you're in, if you're in the right field corner, the seats face the bullpen. That's fucking wild that they because back in the day, that's where the Patriots used to play, so they're facing the end zone. Oh, that's fucking wild. But what makes Fenway different though is it because obviously every single game looks like it's just sold out and like the fans are fucking wild. But what, in your opinion, what makes Fenway different than like the Rogers Center with not much history attached to it? I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, there's a lot of things that make it different, but the, the I would say the biggest one is you can go there and be like, yeah, like Babe Ruth played here. Like Ted Williams played here. Um, there's just, I mean, a, a ballpark that has been around for 110 years now has a lot of history. Um, I think that they've done a great job of preserving it and making it look more modern, but it's still like, I get jealous of the people that, you know, get to go there and see it for the first time. And like, they get hit with that wave of like, Holy fuck. Like when you first like walk up there, um, I think also just growing up here and having it be the only ballpark that I had gone to for a majority of my life. You kind of just, you're used to the fact that there's a 37 foot green wall in left field like that must be so bizarre to see for the first time if you didn't grow up going to Fenway to just like walk in there and be like what the fuck is this <laughs> but so like it's, I'm just so used to it that I'm like yeah that's not it's not weird to me but if I if I were a fan of any other team going to you know like Blue Jays games at the Rogers Center my whole life and then I go to Fenway for the first time I'm like what the fuck is that like what who thought that that was a good idea and why is it still allowed we're gonna document that i need i need to go to fenway i want to like talk i like i said it's something that i've never seen before i've never even driven past it before i have no idea what like the vibes around the ballpark are like it looks absolutely fucking electric so that's something i definitely need to do but second last thing i want to talk i forgot to bring this up that pat light story you mentioned by the way about the hundred thousand dollars at the bar <laughs> might have been the funniest story I've ever heard in my life. And is that like the type of guy that he is, though? Is like when you go out, it just always drinks on him no matter fucking chaos. what? Yeah, it's chaos. Every time I go out with Pat Light, it's absolute chaos. Uh, it's always just like shots, shots, shots. I know like I, it took me a while to learn this, but if you go out with Pat, you can't 
Like normally if you would go out, you'd be like, all right, I'll order a beer. Pat's going to order shots. All right, I'll have a shot. And then I'll order another beer, have another beer, another beer. And then we'll do, all right, we'll do another shot. You can really only have like one beer because you'll end up having 20 shots. <laughs> That's so fucking all time. He will just every 15 minutes, 20 shots, 20 shots. And he'll buy them. Like he has like some sort of equation that he does where it's like, all right, we're with five people. All right. 10 shots. Uh, there's three people here. All right. That's eight shots. So he'll buy way more shots than there are people. And he'll just like hand them out to that's fucking that's a people. bar star. That's a, yeah. and the underrated funny part is I got to tip my cop to you is when you read the bill, like the slow-mo and like the dramatic effect you added to like the reading the shit out. That's what did it for like me and a like my buddy, Avery, when we were listening to it, it's just, it's the greatest story ever. Like when you, when you got word of that, were you just like, this is going to be a fucking Mona Lisa story on the podcast. Yeah. I, but it's also, no one was surprised by it. Like if, if <laughs> Tyler came back and he was like, yeah, I spent a hundred thousand dollars at the bar. I'd be like, what the fuck? But with Pat, so I think th this is when he was in Vegas. So he was at, I don't know, some like hotel, like club or whatever. And I was talking to a girl who was there. So before, like, I almost got like the scoop before Pat even made it public. She was like, yeah, like I'm at a bachelorette party. Your friend Pat is the table over from us. And he <laughs> keeps sending bottles of champagne over to the table, like really expensive bottles to the table. And I'm like, how much are we talking here? And she was like, like 10 grand a bottle or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, does he know anyone besides you? So like, I I'll leave her name out of it. But he had met her before. So I brought her to Pat's bar like a few years ago. And so like he was friendly with her, but he did not know a single other. He didn't know the bride. Like he didn't know anyone else in that equation, just her. So like he ended up like coming over. I, I might still have the video. I could probably like that is the it. most funny fucking story. Like that's just all time. Like that's when you know you have fuck you money. I don't know if he does technically doesn't really have fuck you money, but just spending a hundred K at the bar is like, and you can't do credit card fraud. They, they know it was you. It's just absolutely all fucking time. And it's just, I mean, what a fucking legend that dude is. But speaking about that. So when you sign the bag, was there a bunch of your childhood friends reaching back out to you being like, oh, Jared, what's up, man? Like, did you get a lot of those fucking coattail riders after the, the, the they released the fact that you signed for the bag? Um, Not really, like, dudes. Females. Uh, yeah, there are definitely <laughs> girls that were like, so when are you taking me out on a date? And I'm like, <laughs> fucking never. That <laughs> must have been, you dude. in 15 years. Uh, yeah, there, there was some of that, not a ton, honestly, like there wasn't a lot of that. I think, um, more so it was like less about the money and more about, uh, people finding out that I got the apartment across the street from Fenway. So people would go to games and then just hit me up and be like, Hey, I'm coming by after the game. It'd be like a Wednesday night. Be like, Hey, I'm coming by after the game. And I'm like, no, you're not like, I'm it's fucking Wednesday, dude. Like, I'm just like chilling. Like, I'm not trying to like have people, people would just like invite themselves over just because it was convenient for them. They're like, Oh, I went to the game on a Wednesday night. I'll just swing by Jared's after. I'm like, dude, what if I want to just like hang out by myself? Like no one invited. Yeah, you. Yeah, I can respect that. That's just, I mean, <laughs> that's just sick as fuck. I love to see that. Like, especially the fact that you're living across there. I mean, in Toronto, those apartments would be like $20,000 a month. Like, yeah. especially with how expensive it is here. I couldn't even imagine what the fuck that costs. But so last thing I want to talk about, I want to get your prediction this offseason. Who do you think is like the biggest signing or like the biggest or like the biggest trade or something you think happens that's just 
blows the baseball world by storm. You think Otani gets traded? No, I don't. Um, I think the Angels are stupid. I mean, I don't even know that it's like, I don't even know that it's dumb for them to hang on to Shohei because I think the Angels have more or less told you, like, we don't necessarily care about winning a World Series as much as we care about having an attraction. Like, we want to make money. We want to sell tickets. And we have our attraction. His name is Mike Trout. His name is Shohei Otani. People pay to see these players. And is our business profitable? Yeah, it is. Like, we we pay. It's not like we were the Rays or the A's or the Guardians where our payroll is a laughing stock. We can get by by saying, yeah, we paid Mike Trout, like, whatever it was, like $400 million. And they want to keep Shohei. They'll have to pay a ton to keep him. But I think the angels just look at it as, as a business. And it's like, we, we have an attraction. People come to, to see it. They pay good money to see it and it's profitable. So I, I, I think they're just going to hang on to Shohei and they'll probably try and resign him. But I don't think he's going to stay obviously. Cause he cares about winning a world yeah. series. I think, I think the biggest, you know, uh, splash or, headline of the offseason is going to be when Aaron Judge signs somewhere other than the Yankees. With the Giants. The D- Giants, the Dodgers, the Mets. If he signs with the Dodgers, just baseball is just a pathetic. That just doesn't make sense. Like Mookie and him, fuck me, dude. And yeah. obviously and all the rest of their guys, but that would be absolutely bullshit. I mean, it's still probably losing the division series. Yeah, right? to like the Braves or something like that. Yeah, I... Man, I don't know. But speaking about Aaron Judge, actually, this is how I want to end off the podcast is is that my favorite thing about the season being over and the Yankees losing is, and I tweeted this, is we never have to see Roger Maris Jr. tweet anymore. I, I mean, fucking hate that guy. That dude is – I mean, he was the Rogers Center. I Obviously, behind the dugout, stuff like that, I was hoping Judge wouldn't hit at the Rogers Center. But, of course, Tim fucking Mesa comes in the game and just gives up a pizza. Um, He's the worst, right? Like The worst. Has he acknowledged you? No. And he won't. I don't I don't think people are like, you know, oh, it's ironic that the the troll is falling for his trolls and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, dude, like, I don't think that he's trolling. I think no, uh, he's dead serious. Yeah, like he's dead serious. Like I would tweet out like being like, shut the fuck up. And people would be like, oh, that's ironic that like, you know, you troll all the time and he can't troll. Like this dude is not trolling. He is 100 percent dead serious. And they're like, well, you quote tweeting him and telling him to shut the fuck up is just uh, magnifying his message. Like, why wouldn't you just ignore him? And I was like, because I know how to Twitter. Like me telling this guy to shut the fuck up is going to get 10,000 likes. <laughs> and like, I, I, I don't actually want him to shut up because I want it's to keep. Yeah. Like I want to keep like showcasing how much of an idiot this guy is. So I don't actually want him to shut up. So yeah, it, there's that guy's the worst though. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, like I said, I mean, I, it, it's it's honestly, it fires me the fuck up. You came on this podcast, obviously, now. Like, uh, we got to get you on the Jays podcast and the Jays face the Red Sox, something like that before the season. Definitely get the people going. But uh, as always, man, like I said, we're not people that are looking at this like we're competitors. I, I've, I've bowed down. Baseball <laughs> is dead. And then a fish and official podcast could be two, three, whatever the fuck it is. DraftKings just pay for my uh, pay for the Zoom premium. But uh, as always, man, I'm fired the fuck up to get you on. And I'm going to make a funny picture of like you and I tag team in a Yankees logo, WWE style. Because I'm that. just, I, the bleacher creatures have threatened me if I ever go there. Some bad stuff's going to happen. So they I do know will. how it goes. They're all talk. They are, they are all talk. But Carabas, man, I know you said you don't do this a lot. I want to get this on the record. This is the funnest podcast you've done. Besides, yeah. obviously, your podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've actually enjoyed this conversation. I think, uh, like I said, I have, I haven't done many of these in the last like two, three years. So I was like, all right, if we're going to do one, this is going to be the one that gives me the affirmation that we're doing something right here. So for a little bit of a tidbit here, a little sneak peek for the people that are listening, Logan Webb will be coming on the podcast next week. I wanted to announce oh. it. Yeah. I wanted to announce a little bit. Uh, listen, I guess I'll just hint at it now. Cause they'll be listening to this part of the podcast. So Logan Webb next week, stay tuned for that. And then Cal Quantrill right after. Uh, appreciate you guys listening and Carabas, man. Keep fucking doing your thing, man. Hopefully one day, like whatever we can meet and stuff like that, get uh, some content out there. But uh, we're going to a game next summer. Put mark it down. I'll mark it down. I appreciate you, man. And you're fucking electric. Keep doing your thing. And I'll always be a big fan of you, supporting you, and uh, body bagging people on Twitter. If you if you ever get tired of it, I got you, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Let's do this again. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.